Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. All right. So moving on to game number ten. Taking on the San Antonio Spurs. This, of course, is game two of a back-to-back. Wolves were very, very close to getting their uh, first win in a long time the game before, but it was not meant to be. But nice to have Cat back. Cat, unfortunately, not able to be in this game as he does have a planned rest as he comes back from his wrist injury. Uh, The other notable missing player is on the Spurs side as DeMar DeRozan did have to leave for personal reasons. Uh, My understanding is that he has uh, some sort of a... Uh, family emergency with his dad, who I think is sick. So uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. Hope everything is good with the DeRozan family. Uh, Let's jump into the game. D'Lo with a hot start, two threes, and again, Wolves active on both ends, up eight to four. Culver brings some really good defense so far and is playing smart on both ends. Davis continues his bad play, two early fouls, so Nas is already in. D'Lo with one of the best passes that you will ever see. Uh, Beasley and D'Lo are playing so well right now, and the Wolves are up 15-8. to eight. The one thing we've been really looking for from the Timberwolves on this season that we haven't consistently gotten is players to come out of the blocks hot, right? The game starts, uh, guys just don't seem to have it uh, right away, and that's one thing that we saw in this game, whether it was Beasley, whether it was D'Lo. We were getting good play early on. That's how you build that big lead. Now, what helps is, you know, you say DeRozan not playing, but uh, forget DeRozan. How about does someone step up? And Lonnie Walker for the Spurs did just that in a big way early on in this game. Such a good player, such a good young player, and he really, uh, you know, took that opportunity, and he ran with it. 20-18, to the Wolves are up, and while the Wolves have been able to score, it's just all of a sudden they can't get any stops. And uh, to me, at this point, I'm watching saying, I really want to see Josh Kogi. I hope that he's truly available And that he's coming in soon. Because we've had a history of the Wolves being a little goofy when they're talking about injuries. And that's been a a concern. But just like that, the game is tied at 20. And just like that, number 20 comes in. 
Kogi is back, and right away as he comes in, he's able to make an impact as he gets a block. Nas Reed, by the way, continuing his solid play in this game, positive plays on both ends. I continue to talk about how I feel that Nas Reed is a very underrated defender. Going back to last season, there were so many instances where I thought he played very good defense, and he was getting the raw end of calls. That that was very common, uh, if you ask me. So that's one thing to kind of watch for, uh, at least going forward. I, I think it's important uh, to really watch Nas Reed on that end, and I think you'll see the improvements that I'm talking about. Although I will say this season he hasn't been as good as I thought he was last year. Games like this are very cool to see, as he looked like he was uh, you know, taking a step uh, in a positive direction. Wolves lucky to be in the lead at this point, 23-22. They have gone five minutes without a basket. They have made free throws, but no actual shots being made. But they end that drought with a Ricky jumper, and the Wolves are up 25-22 to after one. Edwards struggling early on, and to me it just seems like he needs to see something go in. I was hoping that he was going to hit one of his normal threes like he normally does, or maybe he'd drive in and get a dunk, something to kind of uh, you know open the floodgates, and it just didn't seem to happen. Rubio, though, still doing Rubio things, offense and defense. He is clicking. We had that stretch of games where I felt like Rubio wasn't his best. He was really struggling, and we're seeing a much more improved player. And he talked about that after one of the most recent games, how he needed to be better, and we're seeing just that. One thing that's been a theme for me on this season is questionable officiating. It's been a lot of questionable officiated games, if you ask me. Just a lot of calls that just haven't gone our way. And this game was very similar. I felt there was a number of questionable calls. And to me, if this thing was going to change, we needed some calls to start going our way. And so far in the season, we just haven't seen that. Uh, 29-22, Wolves building on their lead. The bench has been super impressive uh, so far on both ends. Culver with a rough sequence as he steps out of bounds, then gets blocked trying to go for an unnecessarily big one-hand dunk. But I credit him. He goes right back at it as Ryan, out of a timeout, draws him up a play to score, and he does. That's such a good coaching move to try to get somebody on track. I'm thinking to myself, too, it's great that we do it for Culver. When you're having slow starts from Edwards, maybe he's the guy we target to do that with as well. Out of nowhere, though, the game is tied at 33. Wolves' seven-point lead is diminished. Culver takes a bad three in transition, and then Walker hits a transition three, and that's how we got there. Timeout, Timberwolves. Midway through the second, and Walker already with a new season high. Granted, he's playing more minutes. He's got a larger role with DeRozan out, but still, it seems like historically the Wolves do this a lot. Players have career games against us, and it doesn't seem to matter that the roster is, you know, year after year, rosters change, obviously. This isn't the same team, but yet somehow that's one thing that we seem to consistently have with Timberwolves teams is they give big games uh, to players that normally don't do that. Beasley, though, stops what was an 8-0 run by the Spurs with a 3, and the Wolves are back on top by 1. The one thing I'll say, they talk about this too, uh, Beasley doesn't have it on defense, and to me, he's making a lot of costly mistakes on that end. Jim Pete has touched on this a number of times, but I've seen other other people in Wolves media talking about how good Malik Beasley is, how, how consistent he is, all this effort. But watch the games, listen to Jim Pete. There's been a number of times, and you'll see it, where Malik Beasley is lazy on defense. I mean, he is. He refuses at times to close out on players and lets them. It's like he's daring players to shoot from three. Don't do that. This is this is the NBA. This isn't the YMCA, right? We're not playing at our local community center. This is a real 
professional basketball game. You can't do that. You don't dare guys to shoot that can actually shoot the basketball. And think about this. Malik Beasley is playing a guard, right? He's going to be guarding generally a one, a two, maybe sometimes a three. But those are guys that generally are going to be able to shoot the basketball. You need to go out on them. I'm not talking about flybys, but go out and play some defense contest shots and we've seen a number of times where Beasley hasn't done that and I'm personally looking for that to change if we're going to be successful we need everyone to chip in on the defensive end and granted this was a much better defensive performance overall by the team but little things like that need to be fixed and need to be addressed the Wolves up to 14 bench points Spurs just seven after a drive and score by Josh Kogi. Patty Mills with an absolute flop and a garbage charging call at best, as he actually trips on the screen, which isn't a foul on us. Absolutely ridiculous, and uh, leads to a turnover. Beasley and Vando fight for a rebound off each other and knock it out of bounds. And to me, that play right there kind of tells you how this season has gone, kind of to a T. Little mistakes like that. Things that you can't afford to do if you want to win basketball games. Wolves only down two, but it feels like the Wolves... The wheels are starting to come off of the team. Something just seems off, and hopefully they can find a way to fix it. Quarter ends with the refs refusing to even look at a possible clear path foul. Then Beasley fouled, and no call, 49-44, Spurs on top at the half. I mentioned the questionable officiating. Stuff like that is just very frustrating. And here's the thing. I don't think it was likely a clear path foul, but to not even review it I think is a huge a red flag to me. I don't understand why we're not reviewing plays that can be reviewed that are close. We're going to review plays that are, you know, likely uh, who's going to be the guy that touched this ball, right? Like we don't, we're not for sure whether or not it went off a spur or wolf, right? Stuff like that's going to be reviewed. You need to review plays that are questionable, and this was questionable off of live play. Now, when we jumped into the replay, I, again, I do think that it was the right call, and like I talked about last game, I do think that maybe they should address. Maybe some possible changes to that rule. But regardless, review the play. So what if it takes another minute? So what if it takes another minute or two minutes? Review the play. Get the calls right. It's a back and forth to start the third. Although Spurs have benefited from bad refing as a no-call travel gets them a three. And then an elbow to Malik's face gets them an easy two. So the problems we had with the refs in the first half, unfortunately, carrying over to the second. Beasley up to 19 as he continues his hot shooting from deep. Wolves can't buy a call. Meanwhile, everything seems to be getting called on the Wolves. Stuff like this really adds up. You know, one, two, three missed calls, and all of a sudden, it just starts to springboard. And, and as a player, you start to get frustrated. Sometimes you can play differently. I think that's really unfortunate to see that happen. Edwards back in, and to me, he still seems off, but I appreciate that he's fighting out there, and we need anything that he can give us as he fails to score but sets up Nas for a nice finish. If he's not going to be able to score, I appreciate that he's still aggressive, but I also appreciate that he's willing to you know, try to set other players up. There's a lot to like uh, in that regard. Really great to see Malik Beasley continuing his hot start as he is able to hit another shot from deep, and he is up to 19 points. Reed, a common foul, uh, ends up getting reviewed for a flagrant, but uh, good thing that they did not make the change there. And uh, uh, one of those things where we're going to review that play again, why can't we review stuff earlier? I just think if you have the opportunity to make sure you got a call right, I don't think there's any reason not to do that. Vando with a nice post move to score. Wolves up three, four to go in the third. And so far the Wolves at 9 of 16, while the Spurs just 4 of 11 in the second half. 69-66, Spurs on top. And this is anyone's game after three quarters. 
And that just tells you kind of how quickly things change. You talk about how the Wolves are playing really, really well. They're up three with four minutes to go in the third. And all of a sudden, another Spurs run. And, you know, the Spurs like that are on top. That's been the issue for the Wolves. Now, I get it. The NBA, basketball in general, is all about runs. Every game is going to have runs. But the Wolves just seem to have too many, like, long stretches of games where they can't defend or they can't score, where some part of their game just seems to vanish. And that's how you're going to win basketball games is finding a way to fix that issue. And Ryan Saunders actually talked about that uh, recently. He said, now that we're all healthy, I'm going to be able to hold guys more accountable. If you're not playing defense, I can pull you and put someone else in. And I think that's so crucial because when you're missing some of your players, you don't have a lot of leeway, right? This team isn't exactly deep at certain positions. We need everyone to step up. And in order for that to happen, you need to be able to hold players accountable. And that is important because we need guys healthy to be able to do that. As we go into the fourth quarter again, Wolves down 69-66. Wolves have been sloppy rebounding the basketball, and that continues in the fourth early on. Meanwhile, Patty Mills is on fire from three, and just now the Spurs are up seven. In total, a 16-4 run for the Spurs, and now they are up nine. And it's at this point in this game where I said to myself, this one feels like it might be over. And here's the thing. There's a lot of time left when I'm saying this, but it just felt like the wind was out of the sails and the Wolves just didn't have it. Beasley, though, fouled shooting a three, makes them all, and I say to myself, maybe that can jumpstart something in this game. Wolves go on a run of their own. D'Lo caps off a 9-0 run, and the game is tied with seven to go. Pop absolutely heated with his players, and I'm not surprised as the Wolves are on fire right now. Beasley and D'Lo have scored 25 of the 33 Wolves points in the second half. Beasley drives to take the lead and is clearly fouled. No call. And it's crazy how much the Spurs have complained in this game about the officiating, given how much the officials have actually helped them. Wancho has been begging for the ball for a while now. If you watch, and they just haven't gotten it to him, finally they do. He drills the three, and the Wolves are up 84-81 with four minutes to go. Now, unfortunately, Patty Mills cannot miss, and the defense has been solid, and it doesn't matter. He is single-handedly keeping the Spurs in this game. Wolves up five, just over two to go, as D'Lo is back in, and Wancho takes a seat. The lineup is D'Lo, Rubio, Okoki, Reed, and Beasley. After a nice stop, Rubio drives, gets fouled, makes them both, pushes the lead to seven points with 144 to go. Akogi gets a rebound, and he is fouled, but he misses both free throws, and those are actually his first misses on the season. If you want to win basketball games, you cannot miss free throws, and with one minute to go, it's the Spurs ball, Wolves up just five. Spurs timeout, and Ryan takes advantage, bringing in Vandy in place of Nas for defense. Akogi fouls, though, before the inbounds, and it's a huge play as it gets the Spurs a free throw. They make it, and they're within four. Ball ends up going out of bounds, and they say Spurs, but it's close. They review, and it works as a free timeout for Pop, unfortunately, and replay is inconclusive, they say, Spurs ball. And I will say I watched this replay a number of times. They gave us some good angles. It was really tough to say. If I had to guess, I think it was off of the Spurs, but you just couldn't tell for sure. And so with that, you have to stick with the call that's on the court. Completely get that. After a bunch of weird plays, ball bouncing all over. We have another review. It looks like Wolves ball to me, but they call it for the Spurs on the floor again, which is frustrating. Would be nice if the default call wasn't always to the Spurs. Uh, The Wolves ball, though, 42 seconds to go on 
uh, uh, we're on top four at this point, and they got the call right. And so I appreciate if you're going to go to the board, get the call right, and they did just that. Uh, it seems odd. The Spurs intentionally foul Russell after 10 seconds, and he makes both. The Wolves are up six. It was just weird to me because, you know, you're up four. There was more than one possession's worth of basketball left. I, I just thought it was odd that they would already go to the foul game. And to me, I think this was where it just it seemed like it ended. You go too early to start fouling, and I think things go wrong. The Wolves are able to get a stop after those free throws. Out of bounds off the Spurs. The Spurs have to foul again. Ricky makes both, and that is game. Wolves up eight, and they do end up winning 96-88. to Very solid, right? We had, going into this game, we had the longest active losing streak in the NBA. It was nice to see a change from uh, what we've been used to, right? There's been some really, really tough games for the Timberwolves. It was nice to see them have a win and get going in the right direction. And this was without Towns. So you want to say, well, DeRozan didn't play. I would argue that Towns is more important to the Wolves than DeRozan is to the Spurs. There's other guys that can step up, whether it's Lonnie Walker, whether it's Patty Mills, whether it's LaMarcus Aldridge. They have other players that can step up at that position. You take Towns away, there's no one else that's going to step up. Not only because he's... First of all, a very unique player, right? There's no one else really like him necessarily in the league. There's other good quality centers, but his elite shooting, his leadership, just the things he brings to the table, those are not easily replaced. So it's one of those things where you found a way to win, and it was huge. And now we're looking ahead, right? We've got two games coming up against the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are missing John Morant. Those are very winnable games. Towns is going to play, is my understanding it looks like, on Wednesday, unless there's some sort of a setback in some way. But as of right now, we should have a fully healthy roster. And as Ryan said, that gives him a little more flexibility. We can hold players accountable, and that's exactly what you want to see. So a good things right now will take a little bit of positive momentum, and hopefully the Wolves can keep it going with some nice wins against the Grizzlies. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But a Channel. We are the Howl, your radio source for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Again, if you missed any of our show on Dash Radio, make sure you listen in in podcast form. We are found in any places you find podcasts, whether that's Podient, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. We are in all those places. And until next time, let me get a howl. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's the fifth pick in the 1995 NBA draft. The Minnesota Timberwolves select Kevin Garnett from Farragut Academy in Chicago. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to the Western Conference Finals. Happy birthday, Kevin Garnett. Minnesota. I'm excited to be here. 
with that being said, you know, I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does. Wiggins drives.